Hello, and welcome to the DC Fempreneur Podcast, a community for local DC area female entrepreneurs that collectively seek to combine and share skills, knowledge, and expertise to help impact and grow their businesses to make them more purposeful, profitable, and sustainable. Welcome back to the DC Fempreneur Podcast. My name is Lisa Shapiro. I am the host, and today's guest is Dr. Alyssa Adams. She has a Bachelor's of Science in Psychology, a PSD, and an MA in Clinical Psychology, and an ungodly number of incredible credentials that I promise I will put in the show notes. But she is really an interesting individual and is very well-rounded in both arts and being creative, um, as well as the sciences. So I'm super excited to have her on the podcast. She has a very unique niche in what she does, considering her clinical background. So this is an incredible opportunity for all of us to really learn about how somebody works with entrepreneurs or somebody who has a side hustle and wants to get into entrepreneurship. Right, Alyssa? So um, thank you for being here. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So, um, you know, I like your tagline where it's like you're empowering entrepreneurs to quit their side hustle so that they can uh, spend more time doing what they love. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I love helping people who want to grow their side hustle. So it's like they're full time. Ah, right? okay. And they can leave the job that they're not passionate about and really do what they love and, and make even more money doing that. Yeah. So I think that's probably the, the dream of most entrepreneurs. You know, most people are not able to start a business and sustain and already make it sustainable. They're having to have income in a, you know, in a few other sources. Um, and so I think it's, it, this will be an interesting conversation for me because I probably didn't do it the right way <laughs> where, uh, you know, I was working full time and had a, a steady stream of income and then grow my business. I, you know, kind of started cold Turkey, mm-hmm. right? So instead of quitting cold Turkey, I started cold Turkey. Um, I don't think I've ever said that before, but that's yeah. pretty funny. Um, so for somebody that has an incredible Techn- I mean, clinical background. How does somebody in a clinical background come to this place where you're working with entrepreneurs? Yeah. So, um, so I feel like I've always kind of had that like entrepreneurial spirit, that um, desire to really like take the bull by the horns and kind of work for myself. And um, you know, my dad is self-employed. My grandfather was self-employed. So I feel like it's always been something that I wanted to do. Um, but I think like as my career progressed, I just sort of like checked the boxes and went on to the next thing and then the next thing. And, you know, eventually I kind of hit a place where I was like, I don't, I don't think this is right for me. Like, how did I get here? <laughs> right. Which kind of on paper was successful and felt okay, but not really like what was my passion. Um, so part of, part of kind of how I transitioned into coaching is that, you know, I've always, you know, throughout my clinical training, been really interested in how we change our thinking, right? How we change our beliefs, how we move through fear and into action, and how we um, let ourselves kind of be our worst enemy and hold us back. 
And I just kept seeing that showing up, one, for me a little bit as I was building my business, and for other female entrepreneurs, right? Like we can get stuck in this like inaction or perfectionism, procrastinating, self-doubt, all those things that bubble up that um, have, have been things that, you know, honestly, I've always been really interested in how do you kind of move through those things. So entrepreneurship felt like this opportunity where it's very confronting sometimes, right? You have to like really get through your own stuff. Um, so it just felt like this really nice intersection to really help people grow their business and like seek their passion and get all that other kind of junk out of the way that really holds them back from like moving forward in the direction they want. Yeah. So to use a little bit of your, your language, cause I do have a bachelor's and a master's in yeah. psychology, mm-hmm. but obviously I, I didn't go in that direction. Um, and I don't have the clinical background, but so you innately had something about you that was already entrepreneurial. You know, if your dad wasn't self-employed, my dad was too. Um, And your grandfather was. So when you were working and you said it wasn't your passion. Yeah. And you were just kind of going through the motions of getting certificate after certificate or, you know, acquiring a new credential. What was it that what was it that gave? Like, what was uh, the point where you said, you know what, I'm, I need to go and do what I really want to do, like yeah. I love? Yeah, I think that's a great question. Um, so I, you know, I was like promoted into these administrative, non-clinical roles. So I was doing a lot of like Excel spreadsheets and <laughs> making sure people filled out forms correctly, you know, and all of these things that were not... Um, super fulfilling to me, right? So then I kept seeking different types of clinically-based trainings, like just throughout my career, um, but didn't have this opportunity to really do it in my full-time job, right? So I did start to step into coaching um, to, you know, really try to get back into working with people one-on-one. You know, I I missed it. It's it's kind of what I feel like I'm wired for. Um, So you know, I was building my business and kind of, you know, growing it and building it. And it was getting kind of tiring then to do my business part-time. So I was working almost every night. I was working all throughout the weekend. I was in my full-time job and I was just getting really exhausted and kind of run down. And, um, and my dad had some pretty significant health issues. And I think it just sort of threw me into this place of feeling like, you're like, life is really short and, and you're not guaranteed any certain amount of time. So I was like, I I feel like I can't, not waste is not the right word, but I feel like I can't spend any more time hemming and hawing and not like going for it, right? So so it kind of thrust me, I think, through some of my fears, maybe a little bit more rapidly. Um, And I, I did, I worked with a financial planner, like I got super clear on like my goals and like I'm a pretty cautious, planful person. So I like had all these kind of steps before I left, but then... You know, even after I did all of the things that I felt like I kind of like needed to do to have my business be in a place to leave, I still wasn't leaving because I was like there were these fears there and you know stuff that I hadn't really worked through. Um, and then my dad had some health issues, so like that really pushed me, I think, into leaving and really like seeking that freedom full time. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, because I think that whenever somebody goes through, because my parents are aging as well, mm-hmm. and um, sadly, my mother had a stroke maybe a month ago. Yeah. 
And it was really frightening for everyone because my mom is like this very typical Italian mother. Mm -hmm. She's feisty. I mean, she will knock your lights out, right? But then here we are. um, It really does, like you said, it makes you reevaluate. That could have been something. She's recovering Mm -hmm. and she's doing really great. But what if she hadn't, right? So we have those scares and it really does, in a way, suddenly put our life into a new perspective, yeah. right? Like we're starting mm-hmm. to think to ourselves, wow, okay, my life could have changed in an instant yeah. right then and there. Absolutely. And yeah, I see why you don't want to use the word waste, but um, in a way, mm-hmm. by not living every day doing what we want, it almost feels wasteful. Yeah, and it feels like, you know, time goes by fast. All of a sudden you're like, oh my God, a year went by to when I first started thinking about leaving work and you're like, man, we're like, what could I have done with that year? Had I made the leap earlier or something like that, right? Totally. Yeah. I live my life by, I use a a goal planner called the power sheets Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh, it's almost like my religion now. Yeah. And um, I've been using them for about three years and looking back when I first started working in them in like maybe 2000, uh, December of 2017, I'm a completely different person. Yeah. And I can't imagine um, what my life or my business would be like if I had a coach, mm-hmm. somebody to say, okay, Lisa, tell me why you can't do that. Yeah. Tell me, you know, or work us, walk us through what you are afraid of. So that's a really good question. I think I have for you is tell me about how you go through a discovery process with someone new that mm-hmm. you meet someone. They're like, oh my gosh, I really could use your help. Mm-hmm. How do you go about discovering really what they need? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. So usually that's on the phone. Um, it just gives us like a little protected space to actually talk about what the person needs, how I help people. Um, so we hop on a call together and you know I share with them that um, if I feel like I can help them with the thing that they're struggling with, I will talk about how I help people. And then if not, I try to point them in the direction of other colleagues or other coaches or people who may be better suited or therapist um, to support them. So it's really their time to kind of share what's going on. And then uh, we really talk about if we're a fit, you know, to work together because, you know, I'm a coach. I do one-on-one work with people, among other things, but that relationship has to be pretty strong, right? Like the person has to, one, feel like coaching is the right fit for them for what's going on. And then two, feel like I'm the right person to help them with that, you know? So it's a lot, for me at least, it's a lot of figuring out like fit. And if the person is also ready to really engage in a coaching process and like move through the stuff that holds them back. Because it's not always the right time for people. Totally fine, right? Um, So a lot of that is really what's being discussed um, on a call. And what is one of the things or some of the things that are indicators to you that they are ready? Yeah. So like they've, they've kind of hit that point where they're like, they're frustrated. They're sick of being stuck, right? Maybe they want to be further along in their business. They feel like they should be further along in their business. I don't like should, but like they feel like they, based on all the things they're doing, they're like, why, why am I not quite where I want to be? Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm ready to make a change. Like, I'm really ready to do things that will kind of push me a little bit outside my comfort zone that will move me into action. Like they're ready to stop being stuck. They're kind of sick of it. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I feel like that energy usually is like, okay, that, this is a person that's like on the cusp of change. 
And what would be some of the very like beginning exercises to essentially help somebody get out of that comfort zone? Yeah. Yeah. And it like, I think part of what I do with folks during coaching is like, we're always like playing with the edge of the comfort zone, right? Like we don't want to kind of throw ourselves into something that's like feels super foreign and really outside of our lane. And then we don't feel good. And you know, that's, that's not ideal. Right. But we're always kind of like playing with the edge of it. Right. So maybe we're talking about someone who wants more visibility and we're like, okay, well, so what have you been doing so far? You know, what, what would success look like for you? Like, how would I know if you were quote unquote, like more visible, right? And then what would that do for your business? And in terms of like the comfort zone piece, we're talking about like, well, what would be something you would be willing to do to get a little bit more visible? Is it like a podcast, right? Is it doing video? Is it a workshop? Is it a live event, right? Is it, um, you know, talking to two people versus 50, right? So we're always kind of playing with the edge of what the person is like, oh God, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> and like, oh yeah, that sounds super easy. And we're just nudging them into, okay, well, what's like the next thing you might be interested in? Or what what feels like you could do, but it might be a little bit of a challenge, right? We might need to kind of get comfortable with it. So we're always like, like gently nudging along in that space. I feel like even though I'm not a coach, I spend my days doing the exact yeah. same thing, <laughs> sure. right? You know, I mean, we have... We have the founding members, you know, there's 14 or 15 of us. And then we now have new levels of membership. And one of the levels of membership is called Limelight. Mm -hmm. And it's designed for somebody who really decides that to reach the next place in their business, they need to be more visible. It's exactly why I named it that. And I spend all of my time talking to the person you know, like DC Fembrenner has a podcast, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And we do events mm-hmm. and we have workshops yeah. and there's an opportunity for that person who decides they want to be visible to teach that. Yeah. But they have to be the one to come forward and say, Lisa, I have a, I'm an expert in, you know, working with entrepreneurs mm-hmm. about fear mm-hmm. or like your workshop coming up about, um, sales conversations that don't feel icky, yeah. right? So somebody has to teach that yeah, yeah. because I don't know all the things, yeah. right? Um, and that's kind of the premise behind the founding members is that we're kind of like this Ferris wheel mm-hmm. where all of us come from all of these different backgrounds and we all have an entirely different body of skills. Yeah. But at any given moment, we're able to kind of tap into that. Yeah. And I feel like, um, I, so I do agree that a lot of times somebody thinks that what they want is to be visible and to grow their business, but they really, I'm sure you, you know, this has been your experience, but I'll ask you, um, how often is it really what holds them back is just them getting out of their own way? Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's really common, right? Cause I think that like anytime we have a goal in our head of something that we want, we haven't gotten there yet. Right. Like there's often a list of things that are whole, that really hold us back, right? Um, one being fear, right? One being like maybe a wavering commitment, you know, one being the like what ifs kind of piece. Um, self-doubt comes up, you know, feeling like an imposter, like who am I to speak on this topic? Um, yes. So there's like all of these layers that sometimes come up where the person is kind of immediately confronted with that when we're like, okay, like it's time to go out there and figure out what you want to do next or how you want to speak and be more visible. And they're like, well, okay, wait, I'm not, I'm not ready. <laughs> like, oh, well, okay, well, why, right? What's what's coming up for you? So like, I think then you get to like peel back some of those layers for people. And 
Um, you know, part of the coaching process is like holding people to their commitment, you know, holding them to what they say that they want. Right? Yes. So then going back into like, okay, well, what will it do for you to be, to be more visible as an example? Like why, why is that something that's on the list here? Um, Cause it doesn't have to be, but if it is, you, you know, you put it there for a reason, right? Yeah. Um, I, I think accountability is one of the reasons why people really hire a coach. Yeah. You know, like for a woman who gets engaged and she wants to look her best for, you know, her photographs. What does she do? She hires someone to kick her butt. Mm -hmm. You know, like you have to have a trainer. We could do it ourselves. Mm -hmm. But for whatever reason, a lot of us need that extra level of accountability. And like that roadmap, too, where I think, you know, often I'm on the phone with people who like they have a goal that they want. And they could probably get themselves there, but it may take a lot longer, right? And they want sort of like the how and the roadmap and and also the accountability to like really keep that momentum going. Um, that sometimes it's hard to create on your own. You know, figuring yeah. out like, well, how do I do this or what's next? So if we draw a roadmap for somebody that is, or maybe you've already even created this many times, but if we are presenting, if you're presenting a roadmap to somebody who their side hustle is really their passion, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Which is like your specialty. Yeah. What are some of the stops along the way or some of the things that are on the roadmap to help the person mm-hmm. um, grow their side hustle so it can become what they do full time? Yeah, yeah, awesome question. So there's a few things here. Um, like four kind of in particular, four sort of buckets that I always talk to people about. One is the commitment, right? And there are, uh, commitment can look like different things. But having that really clear commitment, like, I do want to leave this job, mm-hmm. it's just until we get to X, Y, and Z goal that I'm waiting, right? It's not like we're moving them out of wishy-washy into, like, I am committed to leaving, and here's the way I'm going to get there. Um, so the next part is the actual, like, meat and potatoes of it, right? It's like your growth plan. Like, how do you actually want to grow your business? Is it online, in person, both? And like working with the person on their unique business and the strategy they want to use to actually grow it. And like, what does that mean? What do they need? What are their targets that they want to hit? Um, and then the next step is like the fear stuff, right? Because that's big. <laughs> um, the fears around stepping out of a full-time job with benefits and a 401k and like a nice salary, like that's scary, right? It's scary. It's just real. So working through that fear, um, the what if I fail, what if I, <laughs> you know, all of that stuff that bubbles up for, for like everyone, right? Um, and then the last piece is really, I think, um, one of the more important ones that sometimes gets neglected, but it's like really shifting your identity from employee to business owner to entrepreneur. It's like watching how you're introducing yourself, how you speak about who it is or what you do and who it is that you help and being around other people, right? Who are also entrepreneurs. And one of the sort of pieces that I'm always telling people to do is to be around people who love what they do, who are entrepreneurs, right? So like your group is a perfect example of this, right? People who are passionate about what they do, who are running businesses themselves and who love it because one of the like, fear pieces that comes up, right, is that often when you're an employee, you're sort of steeped in these settings where people are like, well, I don't like my job. It's kind of crappy, but I'm fine with it, right? Everybody hates their job. And you you start to integrate that into your head. So you're like, oh, well, it's okay that I hate my job. Like, maybe that's just how it's supposed to be. And so, like, getting yourself out, changing that identity, like, really 
being around other people who love what they do are successful entrepreneurs, I, for me, that was a huge shift. Then I could see it. I could see it in real life. Like, oh, look, people are doing this who are like my age and live down the road. And like, <laughs> this is great. So those are some of the areas that were really turning. So for your, your components about the commitment and the growth plan, the fear, and then the shift identity, mm-hmm. a lot of these are very heavy in business coaching. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So tell me about how you were needing to incorporate some of these business elements into, because in my mind, the commitment and accountability is right up your alley. I mean, that's something that you had worked with in your past for fear. Totally. And the identity part, right. is just Mm -hmm. changing um, how you view yourself right in the world. So, but the, the growth plan part, that is a very heavy in a business kind of thing. So yeah. how did you, did you tap into your own personal experience to that? Or did you um, spend extra time with other entrepreneurs to kind of create your own, because these are your four steps, right? Yeah. So how did you take your clinical know-how and background and then add that business strategy side into it? Yeah. So I, so growing my own business, you know, I, I like to learn about things as I'm doing them, right? So I took so many courses, classes, right? Things on sort of how, like, how do you actually grow a business, right? Um, what is the, what are the strategies you use and then applying them to me, right? And doing them for myself and where did I stumble and what worked and what didn't and what fit with my personality and what did not. Um, and so learning all of that was incredibly helpful. So then being able to help other people really figure out what works for them and what they actually like want to do. I feel like some of the hangups that I had were trying to just emulate what other people did that like didn't really fit. Um, but it was wonderful to learn about, like learning about that strategy and actually like thinking through all of these pieces. Um, you know, even in grad school, we had like some classes on like growing a practice, right? And, and, my psychology school, sure, which was useful. And then kind of like applying all of these different elements that I learned to grow my own business. Um, I help other folks do. So it makes sense. I feel like I needed to learn that strategy piece. Like I needed to really like step into that more. So I spent a lot of time learning and adding that to my <laughs> skill set for sure. Yeah. I yeah. think, um, writing my business plan is still not done Mm -hmm. because every time, well, I know it's supposed to be a living, a living, breathing document, but I feel like every time I go back to the business plan, something that I anticipated it to be is completely different. Yeah, It changes constantly, but I think it's one of the hardest things I've ever done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, uh, I I think it's very interesting. And, you know, I started my own, my first business when I was 18. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, like you, my dad was um, an entrepreneur. And so whether I knew it or not, I kind of grew up with it. Yeah that uh, even on a Sunday, mm-hmm. if we were sitting down to dinner, if the customer called, yeah. my dad excused himself, he went to get the phone. Yes. That's just, yeah. you didn't say no to the customer on the right. phone. So um, so how do you, I mean, as a coach, how do you set boundaries for yourself, Yeah. right? So if I hired you as a coach, what if I'm having a complete meltdown mm-hmm. and I'll call you, I probably wouldn't call you Alyssa, I'd call you Dr. Adams, right? Say, <laughs> I'm having a complete, I'm, I'm imagining like a, a scene of what about Bob, right? <laughs> I have an emergency. <laughs> I know, right? 
<laughs> a baby step in. Um, so I, I am imagining this scene where somebody is calling in their coach, like they need major help. Like, how do you handle, um, you know, how do you handle these boundaries for the people that you're going to work with and help? Yeah. I mean, I haven't had a whole lot of that, so that is helpful. But I think um, I think there's a few things, right? Like, I am pretty available to my coaching clients, which is why I don't have a huge amount of them. I try to kind of keep it um, contained because I am really available to them within limits, right? Within boundaries, right? So um, I get Voxer voice memos from, from my clients, and I'll kind of shoot them one back really quickly. Um, but I do think that like, if somebody's really kind of freaking out, like really spun up about something, hopefully we've worked together on like, here are the, f- the things that you hear the first four things that you do before you reach out, right? Like here are the things that you do to like get yourself recentered and, and kind of shift into like a more helpful place. Um, but if it's just as simple as like shooting them a message back, I, I would also, you know, probably do that for folks and then let them know like here are the things I really want you to think about before we talk again and like that's when we have actual like protected time to discuss whatever is going on um so that's probably how I I would handle it I do tell folks like I am pretty available but right like at a certain time you will not hear from me if you reach out like you will wait for the next day because that's when I'm like checking my messages again or um, you know, putting my own limits around what I do and how often I reach or how often I respond. Yeah. So what about, um, the fact that you are incredibly visible yourself? Like I see you go live. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Is it every day? It's every day during the week. So Monday through Friday. Okay. Every day. And how do you come up with the topics that you want to talk about? Yeah. So, um, so I love going live. Like I love talking to people, being in front of people. So it felt like this kind of easy light thing for me. So what I do when I figure out what I'm going to talk about each day of the week is that I think about what I'm selling, right? Like I sell things. I'm a business owner. Your offer. Yeah. My offer, right? Um, so I think about like, what is the thing that the service, the, what a product course individual coaching, like what is the thing that I really want to promote that week that I think would be really helpful and useful for the people who I'm talking to? And then like, what are all the things they kind of need to know like before that, right? Or the things they need to be thinking about before that. So all my live videos kind of align with the thing that I'm promoting. So like this Saturday morning, I'm doing a workshop on um, like crushing your sales calls without feeling icky. So this whole week in my free Facebook group, um, we're talking about sales calls or sales, right? Yeah. Sales calls and how to um, do that in a way where you feel really good about it. And, and it feels really like solid and with integrity. So I'm kind of talking about sales each day and then sending a sale, selling a sales thing. Then next week we'll talk about something different and kind of tries to, I try to align it with the thing I'm promoting. That makes sense. So what is something that you are really interested in that maybe you haven't done yet? I asked this question to Jen Crawford and it completely stumped her. (laughs) I said like, okay, if all barriers were removed to do anything, any project, to work with anyone, to essentially do anything, Mm -hmm. all barriers removed, like what would you do? Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's like limitless opportunity. (laughs) I think that I would want to take a group of women to do like an 
a retreat slash like mastermind where we're in like a incredibly relaxing like Bali yeah right like Bali <laughs> like somewhere that's like sign me up <laughs> like just you know where you can really like let go of all of the things that kind of were distracting or weighing you down and just being in this like calm place and um, and also doing some like planning that feels kind of fun and light and energetic and that would be amazing. I would like to do that like right yeah. now. Yeah, you can you can add that to your long term goals <laughs> list. Yeah, seriously, that would be fantastic. I think DC Fempreneur would at some point like to have a retreat too. Mm-hmm. But I think that we are we are forming strategic partners with people who do retreats. Mm-hmm that are way better at it than yeah, I am um, because I can do small little events, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 people, but a retreat is massive. Mm-hmm. Um, and speaking of fear and self-doubt, I would be sleepless many nights, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's a big ticket item. Yeah. I mean, getting somebody to sign up for a, uh, a workshop or a brunch, that's $30 right. is not the same as, getting people to enroll in a retreat where it could be like a thousand dollars or more or even more like Bali, Bali is like cha-ching. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I know people that do it that have done it. I mean, not personally, I don't know them, but uh, you know, big time mm-hmm. celebrities sell mm-hmm. out their retreats and all of that. And I think, wow, you know, that would be amazing, but yeah, that would be a, a long-term goal for sure. Definitely. It's, it would be a fun goal too, I think, like as you kind of project out. Um, but yeah, that would be great. Yeah. So what are the, I mean, I've, I've seen you, um, you're doing your workshops and mm-hmm. you're on various podcasts and that's really great. So what are, like if you're invited to speak at different conferences or at various meetings or groups, what are the topics that you're either frequently asked to do mm-hmm. Or things that you really want to do but haven't been asked yet? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a great question. Um, so things that I have been doing recently, um, I just did a talk on ambitious stress management for ambitious entrepreneurs. So, you know, like the kind of deeper level stress management um, for people who are busy and juggling a lot of stuff, right? Like, you know, just saying, hey, do some deep breathing, like isn't quite enough, right? <laughs> so, like, I feel like we need a little bit more to like pull the thread on that. So I'll, I'll do some talks on that. Um, I have one coming up on burnout and overwhelm and really like building that emotional grit, the emotional resilience that comes with being a business owner. So you feel like, yeah, I can handle anything that comes in my way. I can weather these ups and downs. Um, I'm doing a workshop on boundaries actually in a couple weeks for an organization on how to set boundaries, communicate them, like enforce them, all of the stuff that goes into that. Um, something that I would like to do that I have not done yet that I've thought about is really like one of the big things that I do with people is helping them use their intuition to make business decisions, right? And help them make decisions around who they want to work with, who they want to partner with, Um, what they want to say yes to, like all of those things and doing some intuitive development stuff. Mm -hmm. So I'd really like to do that in a more like structured way with people because I think people are just like, yeah, like I just listened to my gut. I'm like, okay, well, how, like, how do you know when that's the right thing? And can you actually call on your gut when you need it versus just like hoping it responds when you have a decision to make? Um, So there are like, I've done a lot of intuitive development stuff on my own, um, so I always thought that that would be a really cool workshop or kind of 
um, thing to, to do for people so that they can like intentionally lean on their intuition when they're making Yeah, decisions. I think that it's something I'm really interested in too because I think maybe it's because I'm female. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I have a really strong sense of t- intuition. Yeah, totally. I think that um, I'm like a walking tuning fork, honestly. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of times... I'll know something, mm-hmm. I'll completely ignore it, mm-hmm. right? And then <laughs> yeah. something will completely blow up in my face. Yeah. And if I really let it bother me, it could set me back yeah. really far. So how do you, this is, I, I feel like I'm getting like free therapy right now. I hope you listeners realize you're getting free <laughs> therapy. How do you distinguish between intuition yeah. and fear? Oh yeah, yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, I like if we if we want to do something or not do something, and because it's like a like you said, it's like being on the uh, the edge of our our comfort yeah. zone. Yeah. So how do we know if what we are experiencing that sensation is intuition yeah. or fear? Yeah, that is such a wonderful question, and like so much has been. Um, People, so many more intelligent intuition developers have discussed that better than me, right? But the thing that I understand of it is that intuition is kind of like, it's neutral, right? It's neutral or positive. And it's like little nudges and pokes. It's not the message where you're awash in adrenaline and fear, right? Like that's not intuition. That's that's fear, right? Where you, you're having like a, like a, physiological, physiological like adrenaline response. And like, you can have intuitive hits though, that like you're feel, feeling kind of tingly and you're feeling sort of like excited. And, but like the, the intuitive kind of hits that we get, that little nudge, that little voice, it's very steady and it's kind of quiet and it's very neutral and it doesn't throw fear at you to make you listen to it. Like if you want to ignore it, like you can, right? You can ignore it like a thousand times and like maybe you'll, it'll try in a different way or maybe it'll sort of nudge you a little louder, but it's always like a calm, neutral kind of tone. So it's a good way to distinguish, to distinguish. Like if I'm worried about doing something, I'm really spun up in my worries and I'm like, oh God, I'm really scared and nervous. And like, what if I should not do that? Is that, should I not? That's fear, right? But if if you're getting these little nudges to, I don't know, like reach out to a friend or you're getting a little bit of like a, mm, I just don't know if this is a person I want to work with. Like, I just feel like maybe there's something not quite right here, but it's not, um, but it's just a neutral nudge, right? It's not like a fear-based, adrenaline-based message. At least that's how I understand it. Yeah, I think I listened to an Oprah interview mm-hmm. that she did. Yeah. And I don't think you give yourself enough credit because I that was put very well. Like your explanation oh, to me, I think, Jeez. makes perfect sense. I mean, in my very Lisa-like way, I wrote all of it down. Um, but I think she said something incredibly similar, mm-hmm. is that your intuition... It, she was using like God a lot in mm-hmm, her example mm-hmm. that it's like the universe or God or whatever it is that you believe yeah. a higher power that is trying to show you, Hey, yeah. you're supposed to be going into this direction. Yeah. This is what you should be doing. Right. Um, so the nudges and the pokes and the, mm-hmm. and then I think Oprah said that um, over time it ends up being like 
you're beat over the head instead <laughs> of these gentle nudges. Right. It gets louder. It gets, yeah, louder. it gets louder. Yeah. Okay. So I like that. I'll, I'll have to pay a little bit more attention yeah. because um, I've had a lot of experiences. I mean, DC Fempreneur, even though it's been something I've standed in my own, I stood in my own way and didn't start for years. Mm-hmm. When I, when I finally did, um, I didn't have any fear. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. I knew I, what, what I was doing was what I was meant to always do. Yeah. But then I think some of the fear came into play of, uh, what I wanted to stretch myself. I think, yeah. yeah. Is this right? Um, I'm pretty comfortable speaking in front of a few people. Mm-hmm. Uh, like somebody suggested to me, I apply to give a tech talk. I mean, a TEDx talk. Mm-hmm. And I told them they were insane. <laughs> I was like, absolutely not. I was like, and I and, and it kind of slipped out of my mouth and I realized what I had said. But I said, I don't have anything to say. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm sure that sounded more like self-doubt yeah. rather than fear. But in my mind, I imagined myself in the sixth grade again shivering with my knees knocked mm-hmm. when it was my turn to try out for cheerleading. Yeah. In my mind, it was like I was completely like frozen. Yeah. And um, I mean, I've seen lots, I, I've had several people I actually know in real life mm-hmm. that have done TED Talks and they did an incredible job. Yeah. yeah. I don't see myself being that poised. <laughs> well, and, and if it is truly a goal that you have, or it starts to be something that you can kind of maybe allow yourself to want, right? Um, which it doesn't have to be, you know, totally doesn't have to be. But if you can allow yourself to want it, you can then shift into, yeah, I, I do want this. I, I really do want this. And then like, allow yourself to play with those possibilities. Like, hmm, I'm curious about like, what would I talk about? Or what what could be fun to talk about? What would feel like no work to talk about? Oh right? my. Like, but think like challenging yourself to think in those ways, I think can be really helpful when we're like thinking about a big step, right? Like a big thing that, that has a lot of fear. Yeah, that's a big right. step. Yeah, totally is. Yeah. I mean, I think TED Talk could write up, be right there, right next to Bali. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's it could be one. for some. We can reward ourselves in Bali <laughs> after the, the <laughs> TED Talk. <laughs> <laughs> I will call you. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so one of my questions um, is... What is some of the best compliments that you have ever received, work-related or not work-related? Like something that somebody said to you that you just were like, wow. That is a good question. I, I had like a weird thing that I did not expect to come up immediately for me was working with a, I don't know, maybe homeless. I'm not totally sure. Um, really like rough guy um, when I was working at the hospital in DC who in our chronic pain clinic where I worked for a bit. And he was like, you know, you're really real. Like you tell it like it is like you're real. And I was like, thanks. You know, like it didn't even sound like that, like a compliment, but like one, I knew I sort of like broke this barrier to get through. And two, I was like, I I do try to be real, right? Like I don't try to 
sugarcoat something or be like overly Pollyanna-ish about it. Like that's not my style, right? Like I do try to keep it real. I am a straight shooter. So I felt like to have that actually come across and someone be like, hey, yeah, like I needed that. I was like, wow, okay, awesome. So um, I've always tried to then like own that too, right? Like, you know, I'm going to be pretty authentic with you and I'm going to be a pretty straight shooter. So like, if that's not a thing that you're interested in, like maybe we look somewhere else, right? Right. (laughs) I want you to get what you need. Um, But anyway, so like that's that's been one of my favorite professional comments and like we didn't even have an extended relationship together I think I just saw him like you just felt times, it but, you knew yeah. you just felt that in your energy yeah I think that some of my childhood friends used to say that that was who I was too yeah. not the authentic real part about the fact that I don't sugarcoat yeah like yeah. and you know in business it's tough because mm-hmm. um, we do have to be relatively diplomatic and we have to not always speak our minds. Yeah. Sometimes we really do need to um, think of the better way to pacify someone or sometimes we just sure. can't tell someone yeah. to go bugger off. Sometimes we right. just can't, yeah. right? Yeah. So, um, Absolutely. yeah, and I think that's one of the, the things I really, really like about entrepreneurship. I could turn this into a question is um, – you know, I like that we can choose as entrepreneurs who we work with. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yes. That's an amazing thing. Yes. And so, um, so turning that into a question, who would be your ideal client? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I love working with women who, um, they're high achievers, right? Like they're hard drivers. They work, they work hard. Um, but like, they're also intuitive, often like highly sensitive, empathic folks, but like they, they sort of like forgot about their passion for a while or like kind of forgot about what lights them up. So they started to build a business, they're getting some success and they're like, if only I could do this all the time, like, wouldn't that be amazing? Um, Yeah, so the person that I um, really love working with is the person who's empathic, highly sensitive, um, intuitive, like hard driver, like the high achiever who, you know, is doing a job that they don't love, right? But they're doing it well because they try to put their all into things. And But they have this side business that they've been growing that's been getting some success. And they're like starting to think like, wow, wouldn't it be amazing if I could do this all the time? Right. So they have that's really where their passion lies. And they're like, I am ready to make a change. I'm really ready to commit to that um, and put all my energy into that and like extract myself from my job. Yes. Um, you know, gracefully, of course. But, you know, that's that's really the person um, who I love working with, who like knows that there's a path to get there, but just needs a little support on that journey and, you know, has some fear. Right. Like. Like everybody does. Like everybody. <laughs> okay, so tell uh, tell us how someone can find you to work with you. I mean, obviously, I'm going to be putting your um, your web address, you know, your email address mm-hmm. and your website in the show notes. Yeah. But um, essentially, you know, how else can somebody find you to work with you? Yeah. So you guys, if you go to my website, which is just dralissaadams.com, you can book a free consultation there if you're interested in kind of learning more about how I work with people. Um, Or you're welcome to join my free Facebook community, um, Scale Your Inner Wisdom, which is where I'm talking with female entrepreneurs about, 
intuitive development, mindset stuff, business strategy, all kinds of things. So Monday through Friday, every day. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I'm doing a live video. I'm in there talking to people. Um, there's a lot of content, so it's a, it's a good place to hang out. Everybody's also super warm. And yeah, I, I like yeah. the group. I think it's yeah, great. It's I um I kind of get the live notice essentially every day. I try yeah. to, to listen <laughs> in. Um, so thank you for being here. I will be sure to put all of the ways to reach you in the show notes. And um, for you guys who are listening, I would love to have Dr. Adams back on the show and one of the things I really think is fun is to have callers call in and leave a message for her. So if you have something, a burning question that you would really like to ask her, I would love for you to come and, and leave a message on our, our voice box. And then when we have uh, Dr. Adams back on, we'll be able to do a brand new segment. I want to call it Ask Dr. Adams. <laughs> and um, I think it would be super fun. Yeah. So um, again, thank you for being here. And 